Hey there, podcast listeners. If you happen to be in Montreal in the coming weeks, there's a lot to do and see. Centaur Theatre's Wildside Festival starts on Wednesday, January 7th, and Uncalled For presents Playday Mayday, featuring our very own Matt Goldberg. Also at Wildside, For Body and Light presents Coming and Going, featuring Dirty Feet's Stephanie Morin-Robert and Alison Burns. And on Saturday, January 10th, No More Radio presents Old Time Radio Theatre at 11pm at the Centaur Theatre. But before that, head to Mainline Theatre at 8pm for Confabulation presents All in the Timing, a night of all true storytelling, part of the Bouge DC Dance Festival, which also kicks off on January 7th. We also have a great contest going on until Friday, January 23rd, 2015. We want to know which song do you think would be the best song to help you survive a zombie apocalypse? Yes, a zombie apocalypse. Listen to Edge of the City episode 137 for more info, and you can win one of five copies of Lauren Wilson's The Art of Eating Through the Zombie Apocalypse, a cookbook and culinary survival guide. Do you like our podcasts? You can subscribe on iTunes and also take a minute to rate and review them. And if you're a fan of this podcast, check out the other great podcasts at nomoradio.com. Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, the host and producer of Confabulation. Every week, we bring you one of the stories told at one of our live events. All our stories are as true as can be told, as shared by the people that lived them. This week on the show, we've got a story from Stephanie Robert. Steph is a Montreal-based choreographer and dancer. She's toured across Canada. She also happens to be part of the 2015 Centaur Wildside Festival in Montreal, which is contemporaneous to this podcast if you're listening live, I mean, as live as you can. I mean, a podcast is always recorded and then listened to. You understand how science works. In any case, Steph's show is For Body and Light Presents Coming and Going. I'm a big fan of the work that For Body and Light do. They combine movement with words and music, the spoken word of Ian Ferrier, and it's a really beautiful piece that they're doing. So I highly recommend checking them out. And when that show is over, of course, you can always make it down to see Uncalled For presents Playday Mayday, a sketch comedy troupe with a certain host of confabulation in it. But we're not talking about me. We're talking about Steph Robert, who I am thrilled to feature on the show for a second time. Steph's story is from April 2014's Lies My Parents Told Me. Lies My Parents Told Me was a real goldmine of stories for confabulation, a whole night of just great storytelling. And I'm so happy to bring you yet another chapter from that, brought to you by... Steph Bear. So the mailman stopped by the apartment and I'm holding this letter in my hand and it's from Paris Dauphine University. And I don't know whether I'm excited or just want to destroy it and pretend it never arrived to our apartment, but I was in this situation where I knew that things were about to change. So my boyfriend was accepted at Paris Dauphine University uh, on an exchange for a year. And I knew from that point that I had to put uh, an expiry date on our relationship. I was torn because I didn't want to have to prick up with him or I didn't want to have to crush his dreams and hold him back. But I did know that I was very happy in Montreal and I just started settling down. I just graduated from Concordia University and I just received my, my Quebec health card, which was rewarding. <laughs> and I, um, I, was, I was starting to establish myself as a, as a young choreographer here in Montreal. So the thought of leaving was, was terrifying and I wanted to stay. 
So three months went by, and being the strong, independent woman I am, I sold everything I owned, gave away some of it, stored some of it, and booked a flight to leave with him for a year. <laughs> so this gave me three months to find something uh, that would kind of convince my parents that it was okay that I was leaving for a year and leaving my you know, struggling career as a choreographer in Montreal behind. Um, so I had three months. So I, I went onto the computer and created a profile on nounou.com to become a jeune, a jeune fille au pair. And I made the profile, everything was looking great, and I had a lot of experience with children, and I love working with children. So it seemed like something that I would actually enjoy doing. I started getting responses, and I found the perfect match. It was working for Aris Taglioni, who's a famous French actress. She works for cinema. She's, she's a model for Gucci. She was like, it seemed too good to be true. It was 550 euros a week. I'd be living in an apartment, my own apartment, next to the apartment Picasso died in, in Saint-Germain-des-Prés. Everything seemed too good to be true. Well, too good to be true, considering that all of the other job offers I got were for about one-fourth of the money a week, and caring for about four times more children, and having to share a room with like their 18-year-old teenager. So this was the deal of a lifetime, and I didn't know if it was a spam or if it was just a sign that Paris was ready for me. So I uh, finally shared the news with my parents because I felt, you know, I had a legit reason. I had a signed contract, and I was going to Paris for the year. And they were excited, and my father cried a little because he's super sensitive, but he was happy for me. And um, before I knew it. I was receiving my visa in the mail only three days before our departure because Canada Post lost all of my original documents. It was very suspenseful, but they found it just on time and I had my visa. So it was the day of our departure and we have, you know, David and I hand in hand and one suitcase each in the other and we're ready for our adventure. And the, uh, the, the, the plane takes off and, and the landing, everything was flawless, everything was perfect. But when we got to the airport, the plans of Alice Taglioni picking us up at the airport fell through. And we had to make our way to Saint-Germain-des-Prés, central Paris, on our own. So we get onto the metro, we get off at uh, Saint-Michel station, and we walk up Rue de la Savoie, which is where our new home was. And we're standing in front of this huge door that's about 12 feet high. And for the first time, we look at each other and pause. And it was the moment of truth. It was like, was, was she real? Was this legit? You know, was this actually happening? And uh, we buzzed the apartment, the, the apartment number that we had noted before arriving, and, and wait and hear the buzz. And I just like push my jet-lagged body against this enormous door to open it up and drag my condensed life of a suitcase behind me. And there's four stories of spiral stairs and we're walking up and I could hear somebody walking down the stairs to meet us. And it was her. It was Alice Taglioni, just the way that I, I could remember her from my Google searches. She was gorgeous, she was tall, she was blonde, and she had the most adorable three-year-old hanging off her hip. Everything was perfect. She showed us around her home. Um, she, she made us coffee, which I didn't drink, but I pretend that I drank it, and I did drink it, and now I don't drink coffee, but only when I live in Paris I drink coffee. But it was, it was lovely, and everything was just as planned 
and I got my first $550 euro check and I didn't even start working yet. And then she showed me to my apartment. Um, it was nine square meters, which is three meters by three meters. But within that, there was a shower and a kitchen uh, and a bed. Well, a bed, yeah. And it was in the attic, so the roof was like on an angle. So you lost a lot of the space. It wasn't actually nine square meters completely. But this, is, this was our new home, and she, she had accepted for David to, to stay in the room with me, so we saved a lot of money on his, um, on his housing uh, with school. So we had this whole life set up for ourselves, and, and we were very excited, and, and it was like the ultimate test for our relationship in, in sharing an apartment that small together. Um, <laughs> so four months go by, and they were filled with such amazing, not so amazing experiences. Um, you know, Charlie and I got really close and his name, his name was Charlie and Charlie is the most adorable, uh, it was kind of a love-hate relationship with Charlie. Um, we would do things from picnic in the courtyard or we would spend days at the Luxembourg or, or, you know, we would just tell each other stories and cry together because I'd be so frustrated. Be like, stop it. And we, it was, he was like my little brother. And it was such an amazing thing. We shared so many moments together and we shared a lot of germs. Um, and then, um, so I, I'd worked with kids before and I knew that, you know, that, Things are contagious and you'll get sick a lot because he just started school and I helped him with that transition of, of having no routine to starting, you know, pre-kindergarten or, or that transition from wet sheets to a dry bed and, and waking up to go to the washroom like a big boy. And so I'm really sick and I have the guest hole and I'm living in this nine square meter apartment. I've got explosive diarrhea and vomiting and my boyfriend is helping me, cleaning me, feeding me, cooking for me and taking care of Sally because I'm so ill I can't do anything. So it was really difficult but David and I, we got so close and we loved each other so much more because we were able to imagine ourselves as parents and we kind of had this feeling of like, you know, once we have kids, we're going to own this and we're going to be able to raise a kid so well because we felt that we had a, an effect and there was a change in, in Charlie's enfant roi uh, behavior and, and, you know, we really had an impact on him and I was convinced that, you know, for my whole life, my mother was like, you're going to be just like me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be like you. And I felt like this was the first step to not being anything like my parents. And one day, David came up to me and he's like, I don't like my program. I'm, I'm not happy here. I want to go back to Montreal. So I went from being finally comfortable with the idea of being in Montreal to questioning whether or not I should leave with him once again. So I call Edis in a panic. We meet. She lights a cigarette up before we start talking, as all hot French women do. <laughs> and I'm crying, and I'm explaining the situation, and she tells me, just follow your heart. It's okay. And if I step back a bit, before I even came and t took on this contract, I found out that Alice's uh, husband and Shally's father had passed away when Shally was only six months old. So I started thinking about all of that, and I was like, oh, I don't want to just—I don't want to be another person that abandons her, and and her struggle with raising her her child. And I felt so bad, but I, I knew that I had to leave, whether it was the responsible decision to do or not. And it was my last night with Charlie, 
and he was ready for bed and I tuck him into the covers and he convinces me to stay with him and cuddle with him and sing to him until he falls, to, until he falls asleep. And um, so I do and I'm singing and I start crying a bit. As I said, my father's emotional, well I am too. And I start crying a bit and he just looks at me and puts his hand on my face and he's like, don't worry. You know, you'll be back soon. You'll be back. I know you'll be back. And I was kind of confused and I was like, oh, you're cute, you know. And he's like, because with Christmas just around the corner, and I asked Santa Claus to bring you back for Christmas, so don't worry. <sighs> and then he fell asleep. And then, and then the next morning before he was even awake, Davin and I boarded the plane and returned to Montreal. Confabulation will return on Saturday, January 10th. We'll be at Mainline Theatre in Montreal for Confabulation Presents All in the Timing, a co-production with the Bouge DC Dance Festival. All information can be found at confabulationmontreal.com. Be sure to also catch me, Matt Goldberg, in Uncalled For Presents Play Day May Day uh, at the 2015 Centaur Wildside Festival in Montreal. It's playing from January 7th to the 17th. You can get more information at centaurtheatre.com. And, uh, you know, while you're there, also check out Steph Robert in For Body and Light Presents Coming and Going. Confabulation, the podcast, is produced by Paula Flalo and hosted by Matt Goldberg. For more on Confabulation, you can check out confabulationmontreal.com or check us out on Facebook, the preferred social platform for everyone whose name is not Paula Flalo. Confabulation, the podcast, is distributed by No More Radio, available every week at nomoradio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from Montreal Improv. You can check them out at montrealimprov.com. 